California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Lansing branch was established in 1973. The dean is Dr. Terry Welsh, and the president is Dr. Tina Pettigrew. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is the title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape or form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son a superincorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple, 
Yet, intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we'll have prayer by Dr. Ruth Samuel followed by a scripture, which is Isaiah the 14th, chapter 4 through 20 and Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19 by Dr. Lionel Van Manjur.
Good evening, class. Let us all bow our heart and our mind in a moment of prayer and thanksgiving. We like to say thank you to Yahweh for giving us another opportunity. Something about his purpose and plan. And for him letting us take advantage of this opportunity because the opportunities are going to get shorter and shorter. So we, we're taking advantage of this opportunity that he's letting us. And uh, we also hope that he will reveal something to us that we need that's going to keep us stable, keep us in him. And we, we thank him for his mercy and his grace that he always bestows upon us. And he's keeping us in these times that we are in now. And all these blessings, we know they only come from King Yahshua, because he's our savior. Let us say hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Sound good? Yes. All right. I will be reading from the Holy Name Bible. Critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by the late A.B. Trina. Scripture Research, Scripture Research Association, copyright 1963. I will be reading two different sections. The first one will be Isaiah chapter 14, verse 4 through 20. Isaiah 14 and verse 4. That thou shalt take up this parable against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? Yahweh hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath hath continually stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted, and none hindereth. The whole world is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. The grave from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the, the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth it hath raised up from their thrones, all the kings of the nations. All they shall, shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? They pomp, thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy viols. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine own heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of El. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to the grave to the side of the pit, sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the, the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as wild wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of all of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one to his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave, like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trods under feet. Thou shalt be not be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall not be known forever. I'll now be reading Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 1 through 19 also from the same book. Ezekiel 28, 1. The word of Yahweh came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith Yahweh, Because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am Elohim, I sit in the seat of Elohim in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not Elohim. Thou set thine heart as the heart of Elohim. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding, thou hast, gone, thou hast got, gotten thee riches and hast gotten thee gold and silver into thy treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic, thou hast increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore, thus saith Yahweh, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of Elohim, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the, die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am Elohim? But thou shalt be a man, and not Elohim, in the hand of the him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith Yahweh. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus say Yahweh, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of Elohim. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of Elohim. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was formed in thee. 
By the multitude of the merchandise, they have filled the midst of, of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of Elohim, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled the sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou hast Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. This concludes the reading of Isaiah 14, 4 through 20, and Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19. Hallelujah. Thank you. Can everyone silence their cell phone or electronic devices? For our first speaker of the morning, we will have... For our first speaker of the morning, we will have, uh, I'm sorry. Dr. Rick Treverson from Syracuse, New York. Morning. Morning. I'm a little surprised. Uh, <laughs> these scripture readings well it's going to be impossible to cover them. All we can do is touch upon them. And uh, I do want to touch a little on Russian history and uh, Satan's house divided and Russian, Russia's enmity or the Soviet Union's enmity with Christianity and their hatred with one another which is showing Satan's kingdom divided and it's a lot to try to get through. Uh, let me start with this. I would like to touch on this chart right here. Uh, when you have an opportunity, read Daniel, the second chapter. 
and it will give you a rundown of this vision of this man and it will give you an explanation of what this stands for. And Daniel had to explain to the king this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Nebuchadnezzar didn't have a clue. And Daniel, when he explains this to him, Daniel took no credit for it, but gave all the credit to Yahweh Elohim. And he said, Thou, O king, art this head of gold. He had seen a head of gold and a chest of silver and a mid-region of brass and then two legs, iron and clay. The head represents Babylon. And what it's showing is that from 4,000 B.C., on, Nimrod had set up a false way of worship against Yahweh. You can read about that in the 10th chapter of Genesis. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, the Tower of Babel. These things are not myths, they're not fairy tales, they're not stories. They are actual events. Now he's the head of gold. And then the chest of silver is Media and Persia. And the Persian, let me say something about this, this Babylonian empire. At the time when, when he gives this explanation of this, None of this stuff had come to pass yet. So this is all up front before these things actually occurred historically. But they did occur. Now, there's only one that has the ability to foretell these events like this, and that's Yahweh and this, these people in Babylon, they had walls that rose right up out of the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. Wide enough for chariot races to occur on the top of these walls. They thought they were impregnable. Nobody could ever touch them. Nobody. And when Yahweh Elohim saw that the time was right, Persia just brought that kingdom right down, brought those walls right down, destroyed them, and they vanished from history, buried by sands, so that archaeologists, the only trace they had of this happening was in the Bible. They couldn't find any trace of Babylon. 
for centuries and centuries. Eventually they did. And you can go over there today and see the ruins. So Persia conquers Babylon. And you got to understand that this way of worship back here was they worshiped the queen of heaven. They worshiped all these gods, goddesses. It was in contrast to the way Yahweh wanted to be worshiped in spirit and in truth. It was in contrast. And Persia incorporated those ways of worship. So this is showing Satan's house divided. Persia and Babylon, Satan's house divided. Then comes Alexander the Great, Grecia, this mid-region. That's what this represents in history. I'm going through this very fast. And he conquered the ancient world at that time. And he conquered Persia, which was a... The Persians never thought they could be brought down. Never. Brought down. And this way of worship is incorporated into the Greeks, gods and goddesses. They all had pantheons of gods and goddesses. And it says over in the Isaiah, I think it's the 45th chapter, I am Yahweh, there is none else. I am Yahweh, there is none like me. So, Estari, and Ishtar, and Inhana, and Aphrodite, and Hercules, and Zeus, and all these gods and goddesses were just the product of men's imaginations. And so Greece and Persia, they're at odds with one another. That's Satan's house divided. These are all satanic kingdoms. And then the Roman Empire. And these light colors on this chart are showing the Roman Empire back at that time. And it went all the way from the Tigris and Euphrates River and Syria and Assyria and Italy and Greece and all the way to Germany and all the way up into England and all the way to Ireland and Spain, a lot of this stuff is not depicted on this chart. All of North Africa, all of Egypt. It was a huge empire, huge. And the Romans never thought anything would happen to them. And in 476 AD, 476, tribes, pagan tribes came into Rome and brought Rome to its knees. And the Roman Empire in the West ceased to exist. It ceased to exist. 
But the Roman Empire in the East, and this was touched on last night, the Emperor Constantine had set up a city here. The city actually was already there. It was called Byzantium. And there was a Byzantine Empire. And Constantine made this the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire. And he named it, he renamed Byzantium Constantinople. And that lasted another thousand years after the Roman Empire. This is all, this is all showing Satan's house divided. They're all fighting one another. They're all conquering one another. They're all, do you understand? They're taking each other's lands. They're taking each other's property. They're taking each other's fortunes. They're taking each other's wealth. Satan's house divided from the beginning right down to the end. And then when this Roman Empire fell, Papal Rome set up right on the ruins of pagan Rome. That's why there's two legs. One pagan, one papal. So this is the origin of the papacy. And then you have these symbols painted up here on this chart. And I need to touch on these. And it's in Daniel, I think it's the seventh chapter. Start reading in the, in the first verse, please. Out of a King James, uh, if you can, please. Daniel 7 and 1. In the first year of Bel <laughs> Belshazzar. Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Now Daniel's from the tribe of Judah. And they were taken into captivity in Babylon. 100 years after Israel was taken into captivity in Assyria 100 years after. And so Daniel is down here in Babylon when he writes this book of, of Daniel. This is where he had the vision and interpreted the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Go ahead and read. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Mm -hmm. And the four great beasts came up from the sea. Four great beasts came up from the sea. Is that right? Read. Diverse one from another. The world empire of Nebuchadnezzar. Ugh, can't say his name. The first was like a lion. The first was like a lion. And had the lion represents Babylon. And had eagle, eagle wings. Eagle wings. 
See, these things are painted up on this chart, not so that it will look bizarre to you, but it's the interpretation. All these things are physical illustrations of stuff that's in your book. Read. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and, the man, and made stand upon the feet as a man, a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a Another second, beast. A second, like to a bear. Like to a bear. Now the bear represents Persia. And it raised up itself on one side, and had it three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Devour much flesh. And Persia destroys Babylon. Sixth verse. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard. Like a leopard. Which had upon ba the back of it four wings of a fowl. Four wings. Of a fowl. The beast had also four heads. Four heads, because when Alexander the Great died, his empire was split up among four of his generals. Okay, if you want the names of them, I can give them to you afterwards. Example, uh, Ptolemy. He took Egypt, and the last of the Ptolemies was Cleopatra. Hundreds and hundreds of years afterwards. And the dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. A fourth beast. Dreadful and terrible and terrible. strong. And it stomped on all these other kingdoms. You see? Now, that's good. Now, I want you to go to Revelation 13th chapter. Revelation 13 I and 1. I didn't plan on spending all this time on this chart like this. This is Dr. Brazil's <coughs> fault. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead and read. Revelation 13 and 1. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now listen. This is John on the Isle of Patmos. This is John here. And you read in the first chapter, he turned. Because a boy, he hears a voice. And when he turns, he is confirming Moses' vision. Moses is seeing the, the purpose from beginning to end. And John is seeing the purpose from the end to the beginning. And a revelation of that purpose. Here, he's closed up. That purpose is closed up. He sees it, but it's closed up. Here, it's open. Why? It's after Pentecost. It's open now, look. See, and he's, here's John, and he's, he's writing, and his purpose is to confirm everything Moses wrote and to confirm what the prophets wrote. And when you understand this, 
it'll make reading the book of Revelation a lot easier. I've had people call me on the phone and say, is this about ancient aliens? Well, you get some strange questions, and I'm talking about from people in class. So this is John, and he's looking back, and here he is writing. And it's a confirmation of something. Read. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. He sees a beast rise up out of the sea. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his ten horns ten crowns. Ten crowns. That has to do with the kings that supported the papacy, and, and the, the seven represent the seven hills of Rome. And each one of these hills had a name. For instance, the Capitoline, each, each hill had a name. I know what the names are of the hills, okay? I know what the names are of the kings that supported the papacy. Way back, I'm talking about. Way back. Before there were ever countries. Read. And upon his heads the name blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Oh, the beast was like a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. The feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And his mouth, the mouth of a lion. <laughs> and the dragon gave him his power. And the dragon gave him his power. The dragon gave the beast his power. And his seat. The dragon. Now, who's the dragon? That's Satan. You understand? That dragon. Oh, he's depicted here. To, to devour that woman's child as soon as it was born. There's that dragon depicted there. And look, it's not a dragon, it's Satan. Dragon was just another word in ancient times to mean serpent. And he was a serpent, but he was not a, a boa constrictor up in this garden. He was a beautiful, beautiful angelic creature. And he seduced that woman back there Another lecture. <laughs> I want you to see John is seeing this beast, and it's a confirmation of the same thing Daniel saw hundreds and hundreds of years prior to that. Everybody understand? This isn't hard. Now, just as these represented ancient kingdoms, they also represent modern kingdoms. The line represents Iraq and Iran, the Mideast. You see all the tor turmoil that the Mideast is in, right? The bear. Listen, the leopard represents Greece or the Balkans. Down. These are referred to as the Balkans, Romania, Bulgaria, 
all those countries down in there, all the problems that they're having, see? And, and then this great horrible beast is a combination of all of them, and that represents Rome. Now, the bear, in addition to representing Persia, it represents Russia. Russia. It's a symbol for Russia. And in the 13th chapter, read the second verse again in the 13th chapter. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were, that, were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Mm -hmm. And the dragon gave him his power and his no, seat. No, that's okay. I missed it over. It's, a, it's Revelation 13 and 2, I think. That's what I just read. Where he talks to the bear. Maybe it was in Daniel, the seventh chapter. It doesn't matter. We had it read where he said to the bear, rise, devour much flesh. Do you remember it was read? Now, this bear representing Russia, you see with this Russian invasion of Ukraine, that that bear has devoured much flesh. It has come to pass. These things that are written in your book are come to pass. They've come to pass. That book is a living book. Everything it says in there is true. And it comes, unless it's a, an app, a man-made error or mistake, it is coming to pass right as you're reading it. It's a living, it's a living document. Arise, devour much flesh. You see the hammer and sickle up there? That's painted up there because it was the Soviet Union. That was the symbol, Sasha can tell you, when it was the Soviet Union, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, their flag had a hammer and a sickle on it. And then as it was brought out last night, when, when it was done away with, when the wall came down, when the Berlin Wall came down, that was the beginning. 1989, was it? 91, it ceases to be. Gorbachev. That's the end. That's the end of the Soviet Union. And it becomes Russia again. Now the word Russia comes from a people that were involved with Russia way back in ancient times. They were called the Rus. 
R U S. First of all, if you go back to 1000 BC, Russia was always being this area up here. It wasn't Russia then. Okay? It was just this land. And there were all these tribes coming from the steppe of Asia. The Scythians, the Sumerians, the Huns, the Germanic Goths. All these tribes were going in here and they were invading and they were intermarrying with the people and that's what gave rise to the Slavs, the Slavic people that made up Russia. And these Rus were a people that I thought came from Vikings. They were Vikings. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. The, the archaeologists and the historians aren't quite sure where they come from. They do know that they were instrumental in going in here and that the word Russia comes from Rus. It comes from Rus. Now, this began as the Kievan state. Long before it was ever called Russia, it was called the Kievan state. Kievan meaning Kiev. It started around the city of Kiev, which was just a town back then, okay? We're going back around 700, 800, 900, and these Rus are intermarrying, and these people are intermarrying, and they're forming this Kievan state. And then it expands, and Moscow becomes part of it. And they get bigger, and they get bigger. And eventually, it becomes Russia. Now we're going to fast forward. These people wanted to be like the dictators of ancient Rome. Like the Caesars of ancient Rome. So they called themselves what? Tsars. C-Z-A-R, it's Russian, for Caesar. And their line was the Romanovs, copied from Rome. And that dynasty went on until 1917. And then you heard people talk last night about this, the Bolshevik Revolution. But the Bolshevik Revolution was originally Bolsheviks and Mensheviks. The Bolsheviks were reds, the Mensheviks were whites. 
and they couldn't get along with each other. One group was more moderate than the others. So there was a big civil war in Russia up until from 17 till about 1922. 20 million people died. People forget these little details. 20 million people died. And the Bolsheviks won out over the Mensheviks. And so it's come down to, it came down to in the 80s. We were calling them Reds. And there was a Red Scare in the United States. And they went in Hollywood, do you remember? And they were trying to weed out people and say, he's a communist sympathizer. The Red Scare. They were the Reds. Now, that ends. But not before, you see, where they originated was Lenin, okay, Vladimir Lenin. He copied or he took in the writings of Karl Marx and Engels. Karl Marx, M-A-R-X. And they wrote Das Kapital, with a K, Das Kapital, and the Communist Manifesto. And he loved their ideas. And in, Lenin incorporated them into the way he was going to reform uh, Russia into this Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And everything was going to be wonderful, and everything was going to be nice, and people were going to share the wealth, and it was going to all be communal. That's where the word communist comes from. It didn't work out that way, because the people in power just became like the old czars except now they were communist czars instead of Romanov czars. Do you understand? And millions of peasants died and, and they, there were famines and, and Ukraine, millions of people died in Ukraine. Now, there is a theory that Rome when it was sacked by these, by these tribes, that was the first Rome. And the second Rome, under Constantinople, the Eastern Roman Empire, that was the second Rome. And there was a, the last emperor of the Eastern Roman Empire, his niece married one of the kings, I think his name was Vladimir, of Kiev. And so they think they are the legitimate heirs of the Third Rome. And that Russia 
is the third Rome. Now, I'm not saying that's factual. I'm saying that's all stuff you got to check out. But there are many people in power in Russia that believe and subscribe to these things. And one of them is Putin. And one of them is the prelate Kirill of the Eastern or the Russian Orthodox Church. Now, we got to go back. At one time, all of Christianity was Catholic. It was all Roman Catholic. And you had a bishop set up in Egypt. You had a bishop in Constantinople. You had a bishop in Rome. You had these bishops around. And it got to a point they couldn't get along with one another. They, they didn't agree doctrinally. And so in 1054, they drew a line down through Europe. And they says, all this is Roman Catholicism. All that is Eastern Orthodox. Satan's house divided. See, we're just going and tracing this all down for you, showing you that's all it's ever been is Satan's house divided. Uh, hold this thought. Get for me Matthew, fourth chapter, where, uh, yeah, where Yahshua goes into the wilderness. He dies, he buries, and he resurrects. And then, you see, he goes up into the wilderness. Just as Israel, they underwent a death, right? A burial in the Red Sea and a resurrection. And they were tested by Satan 40 years. So Yahshua has got to fulfill that. He's going to have to be tested by who? The devil. Up here, in the holy place. So we're going to read this here. Seven, eight, four and eight. Four and one. Yeah. Then was Yahshua led up into the spirit, led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be, it says, tempted, but it should be tested of the devil. Tested of the devil. He's going to have to be tested of the devil. Why? Because Israel was tested of the devil. Now Israel didn't do so good. Yahshua was going to do a little better. Read. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. 40? Why? How long were they in the wilderness? 40 years. 40 years? Everything he does is a fulfillment of something back there. And moved all this, all this old covenant out of the way. Moved it all out of the way. And nailed it to his cross. And then the devil comes in and takes this word, Old Testament. Crosses out the word old. Brings it over here. And writes the word new. Hmm. Same old bill of goods. That's all it is. Read. Uh, and when he, 
excuse me, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of Elohim, <coughs> Elohim command that these stones be made bread. <laughs> he knows he's the son of Elohim. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. Yahshua, just like the Pharisees and the scribes, were always trying to catch him. And he always just outsmarted them. And sometimes he would just say two words. And they would just go out of the room with their tails tucked. You understand? Read. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahweh. Read. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. Now it sets him on the top of the temple. Read. And, sa and said unto him, If thou be the son of Elohim, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Read. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Yasha saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt Yahweh thy Elohim. Shall not test him. Read. Again, the devil taketh them up to an exceeding high mountain. Now he takes them up to an exceedingly high mountain. And showeth him Listen all the to kingdoms. This now. Mm -hmm. And showeth him all the kingdoms of Shows the world. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world. Look. And go. From ancient Babylon all the way up to Rome. Adolf Hitler's the Reich, the British Empire, where the sun never set on their empire. Hey. The American Empire, it's only 200 and something years old. We got a long way to go. Egypt, Egypt was 3,000 something years old. That was around forever. Read. Okay, taking them up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world. He shows them all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms of the world. Read. And the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee. All these things will I give thee. Read. If thou wilt fall down and worship if me. If you'll just fall down and worship me. Now look, the devil could not have offered him those kingdoms, if they were not his to offer in the first place. These are Satan's kingdoms. This is Satan's house divided. It's his house divided. And Abraham Lincoln, when he was, you remember Abraham Lincoln, greatest president in the history of this country. In 1858, when he was nominated to run for president and the South uh, threatened to succeed, 
from the union, from the union, he quoted this. We're going to get Matthew 12. Start reading in 23. Lincoln was a very devout man. And he talked about God all the time and gave a lot of credit to God and prayed to God and thought about God. And it tormented him the way the country was being torn apart. It killed him. Read. Matthew 12 and 23. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? Isn't this, isn't this Joe's kid? Isn't this Joe's kid? It wasn't Joe's kid. Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. That was a specially prepared body that was laid up inside of her. Read. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out demons, except by Beelzebub. So they accuse him of casting out demons by Beelzebub. The prince of the demons. Prince of, you see, Beelzebub is lord of the Zebubs. He's the lord of the Zebubs. <laughs> and so they're accusing him of using demonic spirits to cast out these devils. Read. And Yahshua knew their thoughts and said unto them. Now, how did he know their thoughts? <laughs> He's all how, how did he know that, Randall? <laughs> Read. Every kingdom divided against itself. Every is, kingdom divided against itself. Is and Lincoln brought. wrote this in mm. that speech because he was pleading with the South not to succeed. Pleading. Two years later, the shots are fired at Fort Sumter. Civil War. 700,000 Americans die. 700,000. More than has died in all the rest of our wars in the history of the United States combined. Talk of the worst kind of a war. Civil War. Read. Every kingdom divided it against itself is brought to desolation. Every kingdom divided against itself. That's all history's been is kingdoms divided against itself. You understand? And it's all brought to desolation. It's all brought to desolation. Read. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Shall not stand. He was trying to show them the union will fall apart if you succeed. That's one of the reasons that war was fought, to preserve the union and to do away with slavery. It was another great evil that plagued him. Uh, there's, there's, 
so much to this. Now, 1917, again, the Reds went out. And as was brought out last night, at the same time, you have the miracle of Fatima, 1917. Okay, and you have, uh, I told you about that Communist Manifesto. I told you about that Das Kapital. And in there, Karl Marx wrote that, that religion was the opiate of the masses. What do I mean that by that? That the ruling people down through history have used religion to keep the people subservient, to keep them in line, to keep them in line. So they detested religion. They detested Christianity. And that's why the communists decided we're going to do away with it. They executed untold numbers of clerics, priests, bishops, all kinds of people. Now we're talking Orthodox here too. Russian Orthodox. So again, this is Satan's house divided against itself. Here's the communists. That's satanic. Here's Russian orthodoxy. That's satanic. That's a house divided. And it cannot stand. It shall not stand. So this set up that animosity between Christianity and communism, and they hated one another. And it determined world events all the way down. As when we were kids, I remember getting under desks. You know, like it was going to help if a nuke dropped. You know, <laughs> getting under those little wooden desks, you know. Getting candy. <laughs> Like it was going to do some good. That's how much we knew about the power of nuclear arms. And this went on until that wall came down. And that was the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. Now, now, Putin saw that to get back together with the, with the Russian Orthodox Church would be to his advantage. And the Russian Orthodox Church blessed, blessed this war against Ukraine. And, was, and they told the soldiers... This is the prelate Kirill now, the big shot of the whole country. That those Russian soldiers, if they died in battle, their sins would be forgiven. He has that kind of power, Sasha. 
that their sins would be forgiven. You talk of that history, the history of mankind has been one uninterrupted segment from beginning to end of Satan's house divided. And because it shall not stand, that's why you see wars. Let's get uh, Matthew 24. And pick it up where he says, uh, and there shall be wars and rumors of wars. Dr. Kinley used to refer to this chapter of Matthew quite often. Twenty-four and six. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. When you have an opportunity, read this chapter for yourself. I don't have time to break this whole chapter down. It would take all the rest of the time that's left. You shall hear of wars. That's five minutes? Okay, now we're going to run. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And it's always been that way. Now, I want to go over here. See, this Passover feast that they had to eat down here in Egypt, that lamb, not a bone of it, could be what? Broken. Not one bone of that lamb could be broken. Now, fast forward all the way to Ezekiel, 37th chapter. Start reading in 1. I'm changing gears here now. I'm going to the other side of the coin. Ezekiel. I want to try to end this on a positive note. Positive note. Read. Ezekiel 37 and 1. The hand of Yahweh was upon me. Hand of Yahweh was upon me. In other words, the Holy Spirit just got inside Ezekiel and wrote down exactly what he wanted in the book of Ezekiel. Read. And carried me out in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. A valley full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. Very many bones in this open valley. These bones represent the body of Yahshua. Represent the body of Yahshua. Read. And lo, they were very dry. Very dry. Look, we were dry when we came into this class. (laughs) We were dry. Read. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahweh, thou knowest. Read. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones. Prophesy upon these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Hear the word of Yahweh, read. Thus saith Yahweh unto, those, unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. I will cause breath to, to enter into you. Did he breathe into Adam the breath of life? Yep. He's going to cause breath to enter into these bones. 
and ye shall live. And you will live. These bones represent the body of Yahshua. And he's going to cause them to live. Read. And I will lay sinews upon you, and you'll be and you and will bring flesh, bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. I he put breath in him. He breathed that name of Yahweh in him. Read. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise. A noise. And behold, a shaking. A shaking. And the bones came together, and bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. No breath, read. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Unto the wind. Prophesy, son of a man, and say to the wind, Thus saith Yah Yahweh, Come from the four winds. Come o, from the four winds. O breath and breath. North, east. West, South, news. What kind of news? Good news. <laughs> Good news. Read. O breath, and breathe upon these slain and that they may live. breathe upon these bones, just like you came into class. Breathe upon you the gospel. Breathe upon you the name of Yahshua. And you lived. Hmm. And look. We're not waiting to enter the body of Yahshua. You got the Holy Spirit in you? You're in there now. You are already in the body of Yahshua. And look, there's no bones broken in that body, and there's no division in that body. It's one body. One body. Totally opposite of Satan's house dividing. And it's a nice thing. It's a beautiful thing. My time is up. I, <laughs> you know, all glory just belongs to Yahshua, the Messiah. Thank you very much. For our next speaker, we will have Dr. Sasha Rakamovich from Madison, Wisconsin. Good morning, everyone. It's still morning. Um, so I um, would like to thank uh, Terry Welsh and uh, uh, everyone else who put together this uh, seminar and for inviting me uh, to give my testimony. And ultimately, I know that it's uh, Yashua's purpose, so all glory goes to him. So I really enjoyed the seminar, which was presented uh, uh, yesterday and uh, this morning so it made it very uh, much easier uh, for me uh, to talk about what Yasha uh, uh, showed uh, to me and to share um, some experiences 
which I had, and I think it will be beneficial. So my you know, purpose, my desire is to edify the brethren and to let you know, as it was already expressed in the lectures, that we are in the last times, and the current events, which very much involve Russia, are pointing out to these last times. Um, before uh, doing that, I would like to uh, just to talk about um, my experience in uh, uh, Soviet Russia, because the, the topic is the uh, Satan Kingdom divided and it's um, a pop of uh, Rome or uh, Roman Catholic Church versus uh, Russian Kremlin. And uh, in general, you know, people in the United States, uh, because of their uh, upbringing, they know much more about Roman Catholic Church than about uh, Russian Kremlin. And uh, so my uh, experience is that right now, actually, my life is about in the middle of, uh, you know, being uh, uh, raised and uh, uh, born and raised uh, in Russia and living in the United States. So half of my life, about 32 years, I lived in Soviet Russia, mm -hmm. and half of my life I live in, uh, in the United States. And I came here in 1990, which was like one year before the collapse of the Soviet Union. And I think people say people don't know much, or I cannot say people, but you know, some people know more than other people know. But I think you know, if you know, some people have misconceptions about um, Soviet uh, Russia. Now, um, talking about um, uh, religious part of it, and that was already uh, brought up by. Uh, the previous speaker. So the uh, Soviet Russia, it was atheistic society. We didn't believe in any God. When I was raised up, I didn't believe in any God. And so obviously, as many people in Soviet Union, and I'm talking about um, 60s, 70s, 80s, that's where my life was uh, in the uh, Soviet Union. So people read a lot of books because there is, was no much else to do. They read books, drink, but <laughs> some, people, some people prefer reading books. And in the books, you see God all the time. I mean, Russian, uh, famous Russian writers like Lev uh, Tolstoy and Fyodor Dostoevsky, they were Christians. So they were writing about uh, God. And of course, in the communist society where I was raised, it was a preface to the books. And because the books had God in them, in a preface, the people say, oh, these people were, uh, you know, they're not up to date. They were, uh, you know, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the um, uh, illumination or, you know, revelation of the Soviet, you know, of the communist, uh, you know, ideals, and they were still believing in this old-fashioned God, so it's not true. They were trying to debunk, you know, whatever they were talking about God. But still, we read about God, and uh, we used God, but I really didn't believe in any God. 
And I thought that uh, God was, uh, as uh, Rick Trevison was saying, it's like Zeus, like uh, uh, other Greek gods, somebody uh, like Puss in Boots, somebody like uh, you know, fairy tale character, fic fictional character. But I always remember myself wanting to know about the purpose of life, why people are born. Now, um, most of the people, the people uh, I'm talking from experience, most of the people I talk to, you know, I was in school with and uh, I went to the uh, uh, medical uh, uh, training as well. Uh, they were not talking about God, they didn't believe in God. Uh, later on, there were some exceptions. You know, some people had audacity, I would say, to openly say that they believe in God and they didn't have a very good career. So they would, they would be expelled, you know, from the, I know I, one of my friends was uh, expelled from, uh, uh, from college for expressing his conviction about God. And some people were believing in God, but kind of secretly, because it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, encouraged, right? There were books uh, in the uh, bookstores, obviously. Never would, uh, could you find the Bible. So it wasn't produced. It wasn't there at all. So I didn't know uh, about the Bible. There were books about religion, though. But all the books about religions I had, and I read some of it, it was criticism of religion, like uh, Karl Marx saying the uh, 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 religion was the opiate for the masses, so this kind of books. Now, I was, I considered myself an intellectual, like many uh, people in Russia who was reading books and were trying to compare themselves, you know, with other people and say who read more books, who know more things. I liked art, I liked poetry, uh, I liked uh, books. And when you go to the art gallery, you see the uh, paintings about God, Paintings about Bible stories. There were paintings about, uh, you know, Rembrandt had a very nice paintings, which are in St. Petersburg, which used to be called Leningrad when I was there, uh, in Hermitage, which is a huge uh, art gallery for those who like, who like art. And in the painting, it was uh, um, Abraham sacrificing Isaac. So I had to know what it was about. So how would I know about the Bible story? This is my uh, testimony, but it's uh, typical for other people in Russia. There were two books I read by a French uh, writer, atheist. His name was Leo Taxil, or Taxil, French has uh, stress on the light, uh, last syllable. And one book, it was the uh, funny Old Testament, another book, funny New Testament. So there were books making fun of all the stories about Adam and Eve with the caricatures on God and on other people. It was atheistic books. But I was reading the book and they were telling me what the story was about. What was about Adam and Eve? What was about Isaac and um, uh, Abraham? So that's how I would know a little bit about uh, the Bible. That was my experience before coming uh, to the United States. Now, the atheism was on a state level when uh, people, including myself, 
were in high school, we had a course, like people have a math course or literature course, a course in atheism. So where they were proven, so-called, to us that God didn't exist and quote uh, famous philosophers and, uh, and so forth, you know, trying to say you know, that God didn't exist. And you know, we were thinking, well, why do we need this course? We already know that God doesn't exist. <laughs> but that's what, uh, that's what they had. And that's you know, the way people were uh, growing up. And by the way, if somebody have questions, because I know that I will miss many things, please feel free to, uh, to ask. Now, uh, one of the misconceptions which uh, I heard, actually I heard it yesterday during the discussion, is that uh, people, uh, some people uh, think, because they don't know much about this communist uh, Russia, that it's uh, because it's materialistic society, and it's materialistic because we don't believe, or didn't believe in God. It means we have many goods like uh, in the United States. It wasn't the case at all. Mm. Now, what was happening, and it was already uh, explained, so the symbol of Russia was this uh, hammer and uh, sickle. And uh, the hammer, it's because it represents the working class. That's what the hammer is for. The sickle represents like peasants, so like farmers, but peasant farmers. So it's the unity of, uh, like people who were pretty much put down, like working class uh, peasants who had no power, who were oppressed by uh, czar and uh, czar uh, regime. And uh, uh, they took uh, uh, power in uh, uh, 1917. So it just reminds me that I want to bring it up too. And uh, Dr. Trevison were talking about uh, Bolshevik and Mensheviks. And everything was correct. But some people don't know what Bolshevik means, what Menshevik means. What does it mean? But it's uh, Bolshevik, Bolshoi in Russian, it means bigger, larger. So Bolsheviks, it's majority. Menshevik, it means less, it's minority. So when, uh, they, uh, when they uh, get rid of Tsar in February of 1917, so there were two fractions pretty much arguing with, which is with each other what would be the uh, fate, the future of this communist country. And the Bolsheviks, led by Vladimir Lenin, were saying, well, we have to uh, uh, start from the beginning. We have to destroy all this, uh, you know, uh, white, you know, uh, not, it wasn't white army, but like noble people, nobility, and we have to make it the uh, country of this uh, working class and uh, peasants, and uh, destroy everything and uh, build from scratch. So it was a famous song, uh, which I remember. I had to memorize many revolutionary songs. It was a French song, but it's, uh, we sang it in Russian, called uh, International, and it says, that the whole world of uh, oppression will destroy you know, to the ground and we will build this our new world from this uh, foundation. And then those who were nothing 
talking about this working class will become everything or will become everybody. So the Mensheviks were saying, no, you know, like uh, I think Karl Marx suggested in his uh, books, which were alluded to, saying, no, let's, uh, uh, you cannot go from czar to uh, communism. It had to be a, a, like an intermediate stage, which is capitalism. So let's go through capitalism. Let's, uh, you know, do what like uh, United States and other Western countries did, just copy from them. And uh, Martov was the guy who was in charge of Mensheviks. Um, the long story short, Bolsheviks won. And that's how the Soviet Union, you know, became what it became. Now it's a uh, very uh, important spiritual principles that because we are not here just talking to talk about history, but we want to know what's the purpose of Yahweh and whatever we see in the history, it reflects the spiritual principles. So the principle I think you already understand. So it doesn't mean that majority is always right. So this simple example with my country, my motherland, shows that majority wasn't right. So it was a devastation to the people. If they were under, if the Mensheviks took power or minority took power, it, Russia could have been a you know, powerful country like as the United States, you know, capitalistic country. But of course, everything is orchestrated you know, by uh, Yahweh and by Yahweh's purpose. Now, yesterday, uh, uh, the speakers were talking about Roman Catholic Church, because in this discourse I want to, uh, to say, because I forgot to say it in the beginning, I will try to give my uh, kind of testimony experiences in Soviet Russia, and I would like to address the topic comparing um, uh, uh, Roman Catholic Church and maybe Russian Orthodox Church with the communist Russia, because there are many similarities between them. And why there are similarities? Because one power and another power represents a satanic kingdom. So therefore, there are similar principles in them. So, uh, and of course, I forgot my train of thought uh, right now. But uh, I was talking about um, uh, Mensheviks and um, what I was talking about? Bolsheviks, uh, Mensheviks. Yeah, the majority, or oh, the principles of this. So the speakers uh, uh, in yesterday uh, class were talking about Roman Catholic Church, like they had different uh, uh, kind of um, uh, councils, like councils in uh, Nassim in uh, 325 and then in Trent later on. And if you read about these councils, they were voting. People have a divisions and they were voting. What's the truth? You cannot get the vote by the truth. You know, the vote is, uh, you know, is getting, you know, it's only by revelation. So you know the truth only by revelation. But when the majority won, that's, you know, what was happening. That's how we have different concepts like Trinity and similar concepts in uh, uh, Christianity. Now, going back, uh, to this misconception about uh, Russia being a materialistic country. So when everything was, uh, the old world was uh, destroyed uh, in Russia, like many noble people were killed during the civil 
were uh, there, you know, the best of Russian intelligentsia were killed. You know, the, you know, kind of the crop, you know, the top of the crop, that's the uh, expression, were killed, which, by the way, again reflects the um, spiritual, you know, principles, because, you know, the Satan, you know, doesn't like anybody to stand up. You know, in uh, Russia, they had the saying that the tallest blade of grass must be cut down by a uh, sickle. So it means if you really show that you're better, you're more educated anybody than, you know, anybody else, so you will be persecuted, you will be gone, and that's what was happening throughout the history of Soviet Russia. But it was a very poor uh, country. You know, for the long time, when I was there, uh, we didn't have this material uh, uh, diversity and this many uh, goods as in the United States. I remember when I came uh, to this country, and I came to this country, it was a small place. Some people, especially from New York City, may know this place. It's called Saranac Lake in uh, Adirondacks, close to Lake Placid. So it was like 3,000 people or so. And they took us to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a little town. Yeah. And uh, it was a shock for us to see it, all varieties, like peanut butter. We didn't see peanut butter in our life. You know, back in Russia and other things like that, it's, it's really hard to describe. And uh, just to give you a couple uh, illustrations, so there were shortages everywhere in Russia. So to get uh, meat, Sometimes we, including myself, had to stay in line in the store for a couple hours to get the meat, to get the sausage. Sausage was the item of delicacy. I mean, if you have people over, you know, to eat something after you drink with vodka, which was customary in Russia, you know, you have to, you know, stay in line, you know, to get, um, you know, the sausage. Also, there were like clothes and other uh, goods, the, it was, you know, you have to know where to go and when to go. And sometimes people would call you and say, look, in this particular store, in this part of Moscow, they now have, you know, this particular item. Go before it's too late. So my personal record is that when uh, our daughter was three years old, we went, uh, I got one of these phone calls, and uh, I left work. So I said, you know, I took time from work. So to buy a um, uh, snowsuit for a three-year-old girl, and we stayed in line, we, uh, I and my wife, taking turns from noon until 11 p.m. to get a, but we were so happy. We got the one before the last. And we were, we were happy because our daughter can uh, wear this suit and we can, you know, compare ourselves with Johnson's. You know, look, our daughter have this suit and your daughter doesn't have it. It was a part of mentality uh, in Russia. Um, so that's, you know, there are many other things uh, of my experience, but probably it give you uh, some idea. Well, it's another thing, yeah. I remember that because uh, Rick Trevison was talking about hiding. 
and uh, uh, under the table. We had drills, yeah. uh, but not about Russian, uh, not about Russian nuclear threat, but about American right. nuclear threat. In a medical school, we had a course of uh, military, uh, like mil military medicine, and during this course, we were studying which neurotropic drug um, the United States is using to attack the United States. So then we can have some kind of a, uh, you know, antidote, you know. And, uh, you know, I remember these threats because we were portrayed by Russian propaganda that we are little, well, not little country, but we're like one country, the Soviet Union, surrounded by enemies. Everybody else's enemies, especially the United States and other West. And I'll probably talk about the rest of my discourse about it, um, about this thing. I'll probably would like to use the, uh, not the blackboard, but whiteboard if I can. So uh, talking about um, the similarities, because uh, Dr. Trevison was talking about this um, men of beast and, uh, and how all these uh, different uh, countries back then and now represent satanic kingdoms. So now Soviet Union, uh, uh, communist uh, 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 Russia, or Kremlin Russia, as they call it, it represents um, um, satanic kingdom. And which brings back to my remembrance again. Some people don't know what Kremlin is. So Kremlin, it's like a White House. So Kremlin, it's a government. It was Tsar building, and now it's a government building in, uh, in Russia. So it's kind of similar to White House. That's why you hear Kremlin, you know, Russia. That's what it is. And, uh, if it's a problem, if it's a problem to move this whiteboard, I'll, I can. Uh, it's coming, and uh, and of course, uh, uh, Roman uh, Catholic Church represents um, Satanic Kingdom as well. While this board is uh, being done, it just reminds me something. Dr. Trevison was talking about. I want to show you some pictures. So. Uh, yeah, maybe whatever is uh, convenient. Oh, another side is already clean. Good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, there is a marker. So you see, there's different bees. And... Um, so uh, you see this beast, it was representing Babylon. It was like the first beast in the, uh, in the seventh chapter of Daniel, as we read. Now, end is determined from the beginning. We know in Yahweh's purpose. And this beast is the body of the lion and the wings of the eagle, of the eagle as we read it. Now, look at this picture. So this is a body of the lion. This is the wings of the eagle. 
Do you know what it's uh, the emblem of what? This is emblem of Crimea. That's what in the center of all this Russian-Ukrainian war right now. Because, you know, this beast can uh, represent, you know, Iraq and Iran, as was said, but it's also representing other, you know, uh, uh, things, you know, kingdoms in the, in the purpose of, uh, in the purpose of uh, Russia. This is my, uh, my friend who is in Crimea right now, and he is, I talked to him about, uh, I've been talking to him about class since 2009. I believe we're having like weekly, you know, classes. He kind of brought to my attention. And he also said, look, this is Crimea. You see this beast, it's called Grisha, but it's another beast coming from the Crimea. And we read in 13th chapter of Revelation about beast coming out of the sea. It's coming, it's in the sea. It's really coming out of the sea. He is looking at this uh, beast and uh, Revelation and, and the crime, what's happening in the world, and he's seen how it's been uh, prophesied in the Bible. You know, somebody who is in crime right now, his testimony, by the way, he said, if I didn't know the Bible, if I didn't read the Bible, I would have been absolutely crazy right now. Yeah, I wouldn't know, you know what's going on, because people are just crazy, they don't know. <coughs> what's happening. So if the time uh, allows, I will, you know, like right now, you know, I will talk about this uh, communist Russia versus uh, papal Rome, but then I will talk a little bit about the war which is going on and uh, the prophecies or the, what's uh, happening in terms of the uh, end times, you know, what the numbers are talking about. And I'll try to touch upon it now as well. Now, so we're talking about, and the uh, first speaker during, uh, actually both uh, speakers were talking uh, yesterday about it. So this is uh, Papal, Rome. Oh, I like it, I think it works, okay. It works better, I think. And this is, uh, well, let's call it Kremlin. Now, what I would like to, I would like to show you different things about it. Also, I would like you to keep in mind, you know, it's not only Papal Rome. It's not only Kremlin or Soviet Russia. But think about the, any organization, like I'm talking about religious organization, you may uh, know or you coming out uh, from, well, let's say it's Jehovah Witnesses or let's say it's uh, Mormonism or others, because the principles will be similar. Because, you know, the principles of satanic uh, kingdom are, uh, we actually read in the scripture reading. That's what I would like to do. Let's read um, Isaiah 14 and uh, 12. So, it's talking about Satan, and I would like to pick up some uh, principles about it. Isaiah, Isaiah 14 and 12. Mm -hmm. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, 
son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of Elohim. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the, of the north. Right. Jesus said in the midst that he will be on the throne. Get mm -hmm. read it. Yes, already. Go back. It says uh, 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend Thank into you. heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of Elohim. So he was talking about the throne, and it was uh, told about as this world uh, domination, as can be. Satan wants to rule. You know, all these kingdoms uh, Dr. Trevison was talking about, you know, they were dominating the world, you know, during these different history times because we just read that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to dominate. And uh, so it's, um, you know, it's what's the word for, for the uh, theocratic society, you know, when a society which, you know, uh, you know, the leader is taking charge, you know, or in charge of everybody in this uh, society. Now, with the Pope of uh, Rome, as we know, you know, the Pope or the Roman Catholic Church, they want to dominate the world. Now, I found the uh, quote, I have to read it to you, because it's a quote. Let's see. So it's um, it's Pope uh, Boniface uh, eight in thirteen o two issued the uh, papal bull called Unum Sanctum. In the end, it says, "This is Pope is saying, we proclaim that it is absolutely necessary." for salvation that every human creature is subject to the Roman pontiff or to the Pope of Rome. Now, in uh, Soviet Russia, when uh, uh, Bolsheviks uh, took power, it was Lenin's dream that uh, you know this communism will be uh, spread to the all countries that the all countries will become communist countries so they wanted to implement it right after october revolution actually during this polish war 1920 1921 but it's uh, didn't work out because uh, you know the they didn't win over poland uh, this uh, particular war. Then uh, what was happening is during the uh, uh, Second World War, uh, it was uh, a Russian president was, uh, or leader, not president, was Stalin at that time. 
And uh, when I learned the history, which was, as I understood, was very skewed when I came to this country, but uh, in the history I learned that so uh, Stalin uh, wanted to be uh, in peace with uh, Germany, and uh, he was deceived uh, by Hitler, and uh, so therefore the Russians had to defend themselves you know, from Hitler during the Second World War. In fact, now the archives are open and became available, saying that uh, <coughs> Stalin wanted to use Hitler to attack uh, Great Britain, other Western countries, to, to, to conquer these countries, to weaken himself. So then the Russian army, which was trained not to defend, but to attack, the Russian country will attack the Germany and will, you know, spread the communism throughout the all other countries. You know, they had a pact with Hitler in uh, 1939, which wasn't really advertised when I was uh, in school. And, uh, you know, and it was uh, all different things happening. And as a result of this pact, some countries, like a little bit of Poland and uh, Baltic countries, became part, uh, part of Russia during this particular uh, things. But they were friends. They were allies at that time. But then they became, of course, enemies, like Stalin and Hitler. Now, at that particular time, Stalin and Hitler, they represented two witnesses of the mystery of iniquity, because there were two satanic, uh, really satanic spirits divided against each other and in war. And I'll talk a little bit about it. Now, so, and uh, the communism spread a little bit more because you know that after the Second World War, uh, the uh, Eastern Europe, countries like Bulgaria, Romania, Czechoslovakia, uh, Hungary, they became not a part of the Soviet Union, but somewhat they were became socialist countries because under, under the wing of the big brother or Soviet, uh, Soviet Union, which of course collapsed during this with the collapse of uh, Berlin uh, Wall in uh, 1989. Now, you know, the history repeats itself because this um, uh, satanic beast, you know, it's, uh, he, he repeats, he, he wants to dominate the world. Now, then Putin uh, took power, and that's what we read in the news. That's what he wants to do. He wants to dominate the world, the Soviet Union, collapsed into different countries. Now he wants to gather together again this country to establish the Soviet Union, and he still wants this uh, you know, uh, communist mentality, although it's not a communist country, but still the features of the communist country, like it's oppressing society. You know, it's like Putin is like a czar you know, over other people. He wants to spread it throughout the world. Now, Putin, his name Putin, it comes from the word uh, put, which is in Russian means uh, a way. Way. W-A-Y. Way. Okay. way. And, uh, you know, you, you can go you know, to Proverbs. I don't want to take time 
uh, to do this and you can read about you know the ways of unrighteous men and uh, you know the ways of sin and so forth so this is his <coughs> sinful ways um, his first name Vladimir it means uh, uh, the ruler of the world Vlad Vladimir is Vladika Mira Vladimir ruler of the world thank you no I I got it, I have it. Thank you. And, uh, but it's not only that, because uh, we know it's in a, another scripture, and hopefully we'll have time to get uh, to it. In the Second Thessalonians, it says he wants to be above the Most High. Because Yahshua is the ruler of the world. It says the, in Isaiah that government will be on his shoulders. You know, he is in ultimate control. But he gave... Uh, Satan the power over this world, so he is the prince of this world, as it says in Second uh, Corinthians fourth chapter. Now, um, Putin's name is uh, Vladimir, but his middle name is Vladimir as well. So he is above the more. You know, his name is Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin. Now in Russia, not many people know that uh, it's different from the United States with the names in the uh, regard, in that regard, that in the United States, you can choose the middle name for your child. In Russia, you, you really can't. In Russia, the middle name is always after your father. So in Russia, actually, there are two witnesses I came in my father's name. It's your family name and your middle name. So he is Vladimir Vladimir. He has like two, you know, witnesses that he is the ruler of the world and that's what he's doing what uh, his name is tells him to do uh, and as it was brought up by uh, dr brazil yesterday lenin who started this revolution his name is vladimir uh, as well you know and, uh, and and is determined from the beginning we just see how this you know is working uh, in the purpose now uh, so his uh, world uh, uh, domination. Now it's, uh, it just reminds me that in this uh, section of uh, Isaiah in the 14th chapter, don't, don't we read that uh, uh, he will set up his throne and he will be uh, above the angels? You know, that's what uh, in uh, Roman, uh, in papal, papal Rome, you know, they, you know the, the Pope put himself above the angels. You know, he's dictating, you know, the fate of the angels, what they can do, what they cannot do. Do you know that in, uh, in I think it's uh, 1921, one of the popes uh, proclaimed or announced or appointed the archangel uh, Gabriel in charge of all these communications. You know, so now people who are using, uh, you know, TikTok and uh, Facebook, you know who is in charge of, of these different things. It's by Pope's uh, decree, and other Pope's established it in there. Now, with Soviet Russia, they don't believe in any God, they don't believe in any angels, and obviously they are above it because they don't exist anymore. Uh, uh, please read um, another part about uh, Satan, uh, the words of Yahshua, John 8, 44. 
John 8 and 44. Ye are of your father, the adversary, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So let's uh, look at these two uh, uh, principles. So here's a murderer. Now, do people know about uh, papal Rome and uh, you know how this Roman Catholic Church, how they were murdering the people? And I'm talking about the phys physically so, because ultimately all these murders, which is uh, you know happening, you know. Uh, in the physical, they all reveal spiritual murders, as well as world domination, because he wants to dominate the whole world there, but Satan wants to dominate your world, invisible <laughs> world. He wants to be in charge of this world. And all these wars which is happening in the world, you know, it's reflected what he's making, doing with the minds people, especially, you know, those who you know, try to come to the knowledge of the truth, he is trying to cause different kind of wars, and we'll talk about these wars yeah. uh, later on. But he was a murderer. So the uh, Roman uh, Catholic Church, and especially uh, you can see it uh, in the history during the Inquisition time. Inquisition time, uh, Spanish uh, Inquisition, there are uh, people, of course, people don't know exact numbers, but they're saying it's probably from about 100,000 to million of people, of heretics, which were killed, you know. And uh, I want uh, one of you uh, to read, because I want you to read details what was happening during the Inquisition, just one paragraph. I don't know who wants to read it. Yeah, just this paragraph. The judge or inquisitor could bring suit against anyone. The accused had to testify against himself, herself, and not have the right to face and question his or her accuser. It was acceptable to take testimony from criminals, persons of bad reputation, excommunicated people, and heretics. The accused did not have the right to counsel, and blood relationship did not exempt one from the, the duty to testify against the accused. Sentences could not be appealed. Sometimes inquisitors interrogated entire populations in their jurisdiction. The inquisitor questioned the accused in the presence of at least two witnesses. The accused was given a summary of the charges and had to take an oath to tell him the truth. Various means were used to get the cooperation of the accused. Although there were no tradition of torture in Christian canon law, this method came into use by the middle of the 13th century. The findings of the Inquisition were read before a large audience then uh, it says the penitents adjured 
on their knees with one hand on a Bible held by the Inquisitor. Penalties went from the visits to churches, pilgrimages, and wearing the cross of infamy to imprisonment. Usually the life of the sentences were often commuted, and if the accused would not adjure, death. Death was by burning at stake, and it was carried out by the secular authorities. In some serious cases, when the accused had died before proceedings could be instituted, his or her remains could be exhumed and burned. Death or life imprisonment was always accompanied by the confiscation of all the accused properties. So that's very important. That's yes. uh, another, another thing it's, I will talk later about it, but now it's because it's all connected. It's riches. So they confiscated purposes, and sometimes they would accuse without any, uh, any ground. You know, if I don't like you, I can tell on you, and you cannot really defend yourself, and there are false witnesses, and especially if you are rich, you know, they will put you to death, put you to prison just to get your money, your riches. That's what Roman Catholic Church did. It's exactly the same or very similar things which was done in communist Russia, especially during the rule of uh, Joseph Stalin. So Joseph Stalin, if you uh, know, you know, in the peak of, of these uh, events were happening in uh, about 1937. So he took a power, uh, I don't go into all history about it, but he was a paranoid. He was a real satanic, you know, person. He was paranoid. He was afraid, uh, uh, don't trust anybody, and was afraid of people who was any, anyway somehow above him. If you were a hero of the Civil War, in uh, which he was participating as well, and people like you, people worship you, it means you don't. He would kill this person. You know, if you, you know, in a um, very educated, uh, uh, know many languages and, and so forth, because he didn't. So he perceived it as a threat, and he would arrest these people. There were uh, about uh, 18, and that's the true number. It's about. 18 million people killed by Stalin because of this false, I say false, because 99.9% .9 of them, they were false uh, accusations. My uh, grandfather, who was a lawyer in Moscow, and he was um, under Litvinov. Litvinov was a famous minister of jurisprudence jurisprudition in, uh, in Moscow right now, because uh, Stalin didn't like this minister. He was too smart. He arrested him, and all people working under him got arrested. So my father got, uh, my grandfather got arrested in 37 and sent to uh, uh, Siberia, 
for 25 years, where he died from the hand of the criminals. The people, not many people survived, you know, this uh, Gulag, uh, Siberia. Uh, I will tell you, and many people were, uh, did it for, uh, for some gains as well. And this is another uh, story I want, uh, would like to share with you. My uh, grandmother told me the story about uh, her relative. I don't remember if it was her brother or her cousin, but close relative. It was about 1937. And uh, so her, let's call him her brother and uh, his wife. They lived in uh, one room, you know, in the apartment. And uh, uh, other people, many other people in Russia, they lived in uh, communal apartments. It means it's either apartment, like three, five room uh, uh, apartment, and every family was in one room in five families in apartment, or very often it was one big room and two, three, four families living in one room. And they were waiting in line for years to get a separate room. So that's the way people lived back then. But they were all after, you know, this great communist idea that, you know, we have to endure and then our uh, future will be glorious. And uh, they bought, you know, to this idea. So they invited, uh, you know, my bro her brother, my grand, um, I guess, uh, let's call it my, grand yeah, my grandmother's uh, brother invited uh, his best friend. So the three of them sitting and talking. Now this uh, person, this uh, brother of my grandmother, was a tailor. So they're talking and he's doing his job. He is uh, tailoring and they are discussing things. And then he takes the needle. You know, sometimes tailor needs to do something to interrupt the work and they stick in the newspaper, the needle, then they can pick it up again. And he stuck it in the newspaper. Now, at that time, it was a cult of Stalin. Everything was about Stalin. And all newspapers pretty much had a portrait of Stalin in them. So by accident, he hit him in the eye. The needle got into the eye of uh, Comrade Stalin in the newspaper of this picture. And, uh, you know, people notice it. And, you know, my uh, grandmother's father tried to laugh it away and, uh, you know, something like that. And it seems to be forgotten. So next day, NKVD, which is uh, Russian secret police name back then, came to arrest him. They arrested him. They accused him. This is a true story. It may sound like it's far-fetched. They accused, the uh, charge was an attempt to assassinate Comrade Stalin. He got 25 years in Siberia. They expelled, uh, uh, evicted uh, his wife from the apartment. So why was, what was happening? This friend as a reward of being a good citizen, got the apartment. Yes. And the things... Is it, is it true that if you go into prison in Russia that if you don't have family, you don't get fed? If you eat in Russia, oh. you're put in prison. Isn't it the family feeds the Russians? Oh, no, 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 no. Family don't feed. I mean, you talk about that time, 
or you talk about nowadays. Oh, nowadays, no, no, they, it's like here, they, you know, they have food, but the food is pretty bad. But they have minimal food for you to survive, you know. And sometimes they would allow if the family will bring you something. Sometimes they won't allow. It depends on the prison. Um, so that's what was happening. Talking about uh, murder. Nowadays, you know, you read the stories about uh, Putin, how Putin is murdering his uh, opponents, left and right, poisoning them, and so forth. And uh, it's and uh, look what's happening in the war with Ukraine. Yeah. It's murder. Yeah. It's murder. Another thing about the mystery of iniquity, the mystery of iniquity doesn't care about people, doesn't value human life. Right. They don't value human life. Right. You know, they after your soul. They know that they have a short time, and they want to bring you down with, uh, you know, himself, the Satan. That's what he does. So it's talking about the riches. We all know about the riches of uh, Catholic Church, how it became uh, rich. Uh, in fact, you know, there is a, you can uh, find, you know, the evidence that, um, you know, the celibacy of Roman Catholic Church. By the way, it was one of the reasons, you know, that Dr. Trevison was talking about uh, Roman Catholic Church split in uh, uh, 1054 into uh, Roman Catholic Church and uh, Orthodox Church. And uh, one of the reasons was a question about celibacy, because Roman Catholic said, well, need to be uh, celibate, and uh, Orthodox said, no, it's not in the, in the scripture. And there was some other reason, believe it or not, but the items of contentions, questions of contentions, was how to take Eucharist. Can you take leavened bread? or you can take unleavened bread. And that's the reason for the splits. And there are some other reasons for them. But uh, yeah, the, one of the reasons for the celibacy, because if people had a family right. in the Catholic Church and they acquired you know, these riches, the goods, and, they, and uh, the priest dies, it goes to the family. Right. If you celibate, and if you die, it goes to the church. Right. That's what was happening, it's just after, after the riches. And we read it in uh, Ezekiel, 28th chapter, about you know the riches of uh, Satan and Russia. And uh, Dr. Trevison was uh, talking about it. The communism wasn't really a bad idea. Theoretically, it was utopian idea. I mean, you you work as you can, and the society will give you, and it will communal. Everything will be shared. Whatever you need, uh, you want. But uh, Karl Marx didn't, uh, and Lenin, didn't realize, uh, didn't understand the human nature. Right. That human nature is satanic. So it has all these things. It has to be dominion, you have to be above somebody else, you have to become rich in the expense of somebody else. And the point is, everything belongs to uh, society. And uh, therefore, everything belongs to me. People stealing from work to get rich. You know, this Putin, he's uh, probably richer than many uh, billionaires in the uh, United States, you know, because, you know, he has a lot of oil and other uh, resources, and they're just stealing, stealing from the uh, government. Some say he's richer than Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, something I wanted to say, but it's, uh, it's uh, escaped me again. So uh, now we're at, uh, because the time is coming to close soon, we were talking about uh, he's a father of lies. Well, we know about the lies of uh, uh, Catholic Church. You know, all these doctrines is pretty much, you know, the Trinity and other things. It's uh, uh, lies. And, uh, you know, I'm mostly talking about this uh, Soviet uh, Russia. Now, the uh, government lied to the people. They lied about what's happening in Latin. We really didn't know about uh, how you guys live in the United States. We thought that it's really a rotten society and uh, people are suffering from there. A little bit which we were shown, it's like from the movies, like about, about working class. That's what I forgot to say. Now, like little illustration from my life. Um, so the working people, like if you work on a factory, you will have uh, the salary about 400 rubles. To compare, so my wife, when she graduated uh, medical uh, college or medical institute and became a doctor, her salary was 120 rubles. So the workers, the bus drivers, were getting four, five times more salary than the teachers, than the medical doctors. Wow. You can ask why because it was the society of the working people and the peasants and everybody else, doctors, teachers, were servants of the working people. As the servants, they were getting less money. Now, I remember, you know, people wanted to get goods, especially when, you know, in 80s. And I remember, like, uh, American jeans, it was item of fashion. Of course, they didn't have it in the stores, but people would bring it to the country somehow, tourists or whatever, although tourism was really limited. Uh, you can buy it on a, a black market. Yeah. So you can buy the pair of Levi jeans on the black market. Now remember, the doctor's salary was 120 rubles per month. The pair of jeans on the black market was 200 rubles. Wow. <laughs> That's the fact. I was there. Now, talking about this lies, now I want to go to something else, but during this war which is happening between Russia and Ukraine, they really, you know, lies when I was living there. My father told me, and my father, I respected my father, he was a, a professor, respected professor, and uh, he told me, and he was uh, very sincere because he believed it as many other people, he said, Sasha, believe everything which you read in the newspaper. And people believed everything which you read in the newspaper. And this mentality is happening now. Whatever the media is telling you, whatever is Putin is telling you, people believe. I talked to my brother. My brother is still in Russia. And he's, he, he doesn't watch internet. He's watching this Russian TV. And he's telling me, especially in the beginning of the war, you remember how uh, Putin started bombing all these uh, Ukrainian cities, civilians. Mm -hmm. yeah. And my uh, 
brother was indignant, telling me when we talk on Skype, so why this Ukrainian nationalist bombing their own people? That's what Putin is telling them, because this is Ukrainians are doing all these things to their own people. You know, and uh, we'll, we'll talk, you know, more uh, about, well, there is, I guess I have to, uh, have to uh, proceed with these things. Uh, you know, the principle of lies, especially nowadays, it's, it's all going back to, to the garden with the lies of Satan. You remember what Satan told Eve when Eve said, well, we can uh, eat of every uh, tree, but not of the death. He said, well, no, this, you're not going to surely die. But he said, you know, this Elohim knows that when you eat of this fruit, you will be like him. He's causing doubt. He's causing doubt. So the strategy of the deception of Satan right now, and that's what people, we all experience why one way or another. It's not saying, well, what I'm saying, it's true. What you're saying is wrong. It's not the strategy he's using. He's causing doubt. He's saying, look, this is one opinion, this is one opinion, this is one opinion, this is one opinion. Uh, look at this website, look at all different opinions, and people don't know what the truth is anymore. That's his strategy right now. Okay? Now, um, we read it, did we read it? In 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, uh, 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 second chapter, and for the sake of time, uh, please read the uh, verse, I think it's uh, 3 and 4. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Mm -hmm. Who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called Elohim? Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, I just, I, I'm looking at the clock. I see I have a little bit more than five minutes left. Here, we're talking about exalts himself above Elohim. He opposes. Whatever Yahweh is saying, he is opposes. We all know about Roman uh, Catholic Church. You know, Yasha said, you know, he came to fulfill this whole covenant. Roman Catholic Church said he came to institute. Now the Bible said, you know, it's Yahweh the unity in Deuteronomy. He said, no, he is uh, the trinity. You know, all different things. He's saying, Yahweh is throughout the Bible saying, my name is important. Name of Yahweh is important. Roman Catholic, uh, the, the, the Pope, in 2008, decided to take away the name of Yahweh from the hymns, from these uh, Catholic songs, because, you know, it will be politically correct not to offend Jews, not to offend people. So the opinion of people is more important than what our Creator says. Well, well how, uh, how uh, Russian, uh, uh, Russian Kremlin opposes Yahweh? You remember he said that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit said through Peter that there is only one name given unto salvation, and this is name of Yahshua, 
which means Yahweh is salvation. So Roman Catholic Church saying, no, well, we can say about grace, which means it's Yahweh's salvation by grace, but you have to do all these works by grace, or works of grace, like water baptism, you know, to obtain grace. Now, in uh, Russia, it says Yahweh is salvation. In this uh, uh, song, a communist song called International, uh, there is a words which I'm translating. Uh, Nobody will give us deliverance. No God, no czar, not a hero. We will accomplish our own salvation with our by our own hand. So that's what it is. It's just salvation by work, salvation by your own self. And that's, you know, it's another satanic lie, you know, in the, yeah, I see uh, five minutes left. Now, it's about, uh, you know, one of the doctrines of Roman uh, Catholic Church, it's a very famous doctrine, it's Trinity. And again, Trinity, it's, uh, you know, the principle uh, of uh, Trinity, and we address it, it's coming from worshiping a man. So that's what, that's what it is, like worship Mary, it's, uh, it's, it's worshiping a man. It's like they, they put man in front and uh, God or Yahweh or Yahshua, like, it's like not important. Let me show you something. This is Russian icon. This is icon of uh, uh, the Mary, and the Mary with the uh, baby Jesus. But look at that. If you look at this icon, you see how puny, how small this baby Jesus is? And this, your all attention is coming into Mary. But this is the principle, because, you know, spiritually, Yahshua is, you know, the man, and uh, we people are the woman, so all attention is at the woman. Okay? On the bottom? Uh, yeah, it's defined what kind of, because there is a different kind of marriage for different city they have. They want different kind of icons. And this is icons you have to, a kiss icon to, to get pregnant, you have to, another icon, you know, for you to quit smoking. There are, there are patrons of these things. There are many different things. Now, and this is a concept of uh, Trinity, which is depicted here. You can, I can show you to save you the time. So it's Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is, by the way, a Russian icon of 15th century. It's a copy of it by Andrei uh, Rublev, very famous. But they sh show you three different uh, individuals. Do you know that Satan is copying himself? Do you know that in Russia there is a worship of the Trinity? Let me show you. And uh, actually, Dr. Trevison already talked about it. That's the banner. That's what I saw in communist Russia. 
And what you can see, this is uh, Karl Marx, mm -hmm. who is the founder of communism. This is Friedrich Engels, his friend who helped him to write some books. Yeah. And this is Lenin. Yeah. yeah. And they have it there. And when they start these speeches in Russia, in Soviet Russia, I heard that you have to start it. You know, it's uh, like uh, by the name of uh, Karl Marx, what Karl Marx, Lenin was saying about this thing. And then go into your topic. Like in some other places, you have to, you know, uh, acknowledge, you know, making a, making a mantra. You know, you have to do this. You know, and things like that. But, uh, you know, there is more to it. And uh, I was told that uh, I will be uh, given another opportunity to talk more about end, end times uh, prophecies and Russia. And I'm looking forward to do it. Thank you for your attention. Our next session starts at 3 o'clock, and we have refreshments immediately after. Can we all stand for doxology, please? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah.
deity and my Elohim is the only ill for me. Peace, be still, child. 
deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. To discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the